It's showtime. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of On My Grown, the podcast. I'm your co-host, Rodney Boyd. <laughs> I'm your co-host, Melanie Mitchell. Welcome to Bouch Vomitary, season three, episode yes. two. Um, so how, how long were um, you sitting on that um, Swiss Beats? Well, um, it more. So I was listening to Bodega Boys earlier today, and they were just talking about how, like, when you're on the train, it was, you know, the, the performers be like, it's showtime. I'm not really. I don't really know much about train culture, so I you know. Okay, I, I I lived up in New York for a summer for an internship after my sophomore year, and so I saw that and and like I related to it I'm a little. Pissed, I had a long day and just trying to focus and listen to the read. I went <laughs> home and I hear some it's showtime. <laughs> it's just New York for you. I mean, you know, you're gonna see worse. That's gonna that's annoying, but you're gonna see worse. Yeah. So real quick, I just want to shout uh, shout out my cousin. She she requested a shout out through my mom, and I appreciate her support and listening to the show. Uh, so shout out to my cousin Cashay. She just gave birth to two twins, uh, a four pound uh, girl named Dallas, and an eight pound boy <laughs> named Denver. Uh, I guess he that's <laughs> my man was hungry. I guess. Uh, and shout out to our oldest daughter, Dakota. Uh, you know, Cash, I want to just thank you for the support and checking out the show. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. Um, see, episode two, familiar like. Do you want to just say what your overall thoughts were, or you you, you just um, want to start unpacking? You know, we don't have to do it chronologically. We just we just unpack whatever comes out first. Uh, I love this episode. Well, hold on. I like I like no, following yeah, the order. Just it doesn't have to be like um. It doesn't have to be exactly like you just want. We can we can talk about it then unpack in the order of the what you call it. But we can just say how we took. I thought was, you opened the floor up to do that. Hell. Yeah. Well, I meant. Uh, yeah, I guess I messed up. Um. Anyway, so let's just say the the episode starts. Issa, like every good employee, she's handling some personal stuff on the company's time, searching and applying and getting denied for apartment complexes. Uh, she's texting Daniel saying. She hasn't seen him in a couple days. Just want to check to see if he's all right. Um, he he's very short with her. He's like, "Yo, I'm good. Appreciate it." He, I mean, he tried anything to, there. I mean, he was very stank. He was trying very hard to be stank. And um, yeah. And then who hasn't got, done some personal stuff at work? I mean, if you're not applying for your next job at work, you ain't really working. You ain't you ain't signing your lease, right? And setting up your payment plan at work. What are you doing? If you have two hey. windows open, what do you do? Some of my most, pro- <laughs> uh, my best, my most productive hours are at work and stuff. Yeah. Oh, by the way, y'all, please live tweet. I didn't see a lot of live tweet, but the listens were there. So, yeah. like, y'all live tweet before we get too deep. Okay. Hashtag batch commentary. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um. Next, East's job is is finally having a meeting. Um, about the feedback they've received about their racist logo, um, the logo being racist and the fact that it's a white hand lifting up uh, black children. I think I find it funny because um, she wanted to be e- so stained towards Issa last week, but you still had this meeting. So clearly what she found out and the information she gathered was worth gathering that you're having a meeting about it. But you said. Well, yeah, you know, and I've, I haven't liked Joanne's energy um this entire well i mean i guess the first 
you know, it's only been one other episode. But even in in this one, we see that she's very defensive about, um, you know, the feedback she's receiving. Um, albeit some of it is, uh, you know, from her from the white coworkers, it's not really like in the best spirits or in like you know like just even helpful. But some of the real criticism, she, you know, you can tell she's very defensive and she's like, I didn't mean it like that, you know. And like they talked to, right? And they talked about how like. I always thought it was kind of racist how, you know, we serve black and black, black and brown children and the name is we got y'all, you know, it almost is condescending. If you will. Hey, homies, we got y'all on the fly tip. Right. Like, stop it. We have. <laughs> uh, my principal in high school, he did that one time. We, he spoke to me and my best friend after it was we called we had a snow day but really there was no snow on the ground it was just too cold to have people outside for the bus this man has a phd literally looked at me and my friend and said i be hating the cold i be hating the cold i don't understand why white people feel like we yes. can't understand regular english like y'all don't have to quote unquote relate to us it's so weird because you're not getting any cool well, points like oh he said i be hating the cold he's so cool thank you mr <laughs> anderson like no that's not right. Uh, yeah. So, um, Issa, one of the employees kind of says, you know, honestly, whatever Issa says, you know, is probably right. And Issa is given this moment to really kind of speak up and speak her mind at the uh, meeting, but I, I she kind of downplays it and, and really just passes over the opportunity. I assume I mean, I it's probably because she feels like she's on thin ice discussion in terms of her job, at, ugh, even after she broke it up. I mean, brought it up was telling enough. So I think she could have just went ahead and said how she felt because she kind of already told Joanne. So I don't know why she had her little, you know, Joan from Girlfriends fourth wall break moment and then came back to just say nothing. But she could have just like been mad. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Next scene, uh, Daniel's in the studio with his niece, Jada. He's playing her a beat. Um, and she's like, you know, that's cool, Uncle Daniel. But, like, you got anything like this song? What, what was it? Turn it up? Sh- shake it up? Yeah. It was one of them, like, and shake it up or something. Yeah. And he, she was like, he was like, you know, that's trash. She was like, well, it may be, but sometimes I just like to get ratchet. And she was like, your music be making me want to think. That's so hilarious. You and know, true. so now. Same, Jada. Same. Sometimes I want to hear <laughs> "Shake That Booty" and that monkey and that thing, <laughs> or donk. donk. All of all of the above. I get it. I feel Jada. I felt seen in that moment. And Daniel was kind of felt like <laughs> low key tried and defeated because you know niggas be so yeah. woke. And then he and uh, his homeboy Seven comes in the Daniel. studio. He's his brother. Who's the baby there? Seven is Issa's baby bro- younger brother. Yeah, that's her brother. Seven? That's Issa's brother. In real life. The yeah. tall dude? Oh. Oh, I thought you meant like in the show. I'm like, nah, her brother's no, definitely like not um, the other guy. Forgot the, his Amal, not Amal. I'm Amal, saying that's her brother Amal. in real life. It's funny because I like first tweeted him and he like, oh, okay. He knew he could have replied. Cause, you know, like, his mental was okay. not flooded, okay? He could have replied to my tweet. Don't be like <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> uh, 
Oh, yeah, so the guy who's playing Seven is Issa's brother. Seven comes into the studio, and Daniel's like, yo, what's up with Spider? He's like, oh, he can't make it. He on the east side, and he don't do this highway after 3 p.m. Yeah, that's real. L.A. is crazy. Oh, he doesn't. <laughs> like, 3 p.m., you got to cut it off. Yeah, like, it's traffic. All, like, Atlanta traffic, where I can come in, like, I don't hit traffic till I hit 75, 85, you know, or, like, when I get t- 20 okay. east. Going, I mean, 20 West, getting closer to... Once I hit, like, Glenwood, it may start getting congested. 75, 85, back. Yeah. Like, even for you, maybe if you're going on... Um, what's it called? L- Langf- what's it called? Langford? Oh, Langford yeah, uh, like Parkway. Parkway may be a little smooth, but once you start hitting 75, 75, 85... Yeah. But LA, like, as soon as you get on 20, it's traffic. Like, ain't no... <laughs> and no i just gotta make it to this all exit all the expressway is traffic no matter what direction you're coming from like it's ridiculous so i felt that i understood <laughs> no matter where you're going what direction what time of day traffic and so uh seven was like yo dog don't sweat it like he's gonna be at the club performing tomorrow we'll we'll slide through and he's like you know brown really want to be doing all that but you know they they kind of just move forward. No, it's funnier, but if you caught oh. this when he was when he called a girl, I was like, "Well, at least I oh, yeah. packets at your house, bro." Like, <laughs> packets are free, bro. Like, they may cuff the sweet and sour in the Chipotle sauce, but they handing out that ketchup. What about this ketchup was so right. special? It overflowed. You had to get the one from Shorty House. Well, well, you know, like it was more so probably like a thing of like I messed up. She's mad oh, at I left me. My wave brush. <laughs> Did I leave my lint over there? I had like four bobby pins on the counter. Can I hey, get them? Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> so uh, next scene is Issa in uh, Kelly's office getting financial advice. And we find out Issa, she has terrible credit. Like 425 out of, eight, was it 880 or 850? It's 850. Yeah. She has a 425 credit score. Now, that's based off of the screenshot we see on Kelly's computer. Maybe that's someone else. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's safe to assume that's her. And, um, but, like, I'm trying to figure out what happened in her life, in her relationship, where... It got that bad. Exactly. I was thinking the same thing. Like, when did you get in such a terrible financial situation? Right. Because we don't hear nothing like, my mama put put the cable bill in my name and never paid it we you know when did Issa get so poor it wasn't like Lawrence was really holding up that much of of the rent at the crib so you've been in a situation granted your job isn't the best but when did you get in this hole like this like nothing tragic unless she unless it was her car but it's been two weeks you got your car fixed in two weeks bro I don't know yeah 425 credit score like you figure she she's had an apartment um she's uh she has a car so like maybe there was a note or at least you would assume there was a note but like my credit has been that low but that's like when i had two credit cards at 20 years old you know what i'm saying Issa, you're 30 you've had plenty of time to get your shit together honestly i'm mad at jay ellis for shacking like he probably definitely had to put his name on the lease for them to get it you know like she couldn't he they probably and what is her credit bad from? Like, and Issa don't seem like the type to come from a rental center. I'm putting this dishwasher in your name at four months old, kind of right? Because her brother's doing well, right? What What happened, Issa? Are we gonna find out? Like, did your car really make a hit like that, or is it something we don't know about? What's going student on? student loans? 
But like none of this stuff has been mentioned. Like, at what point did she get in this financial hole like that? That's was ridiculous. Um, yeah. Yeah, they have uh, a final moment. Kelly, you know, is Kellying being hilarious. Yeah, she tells us she's too poor to uh, to move out. And then Issa tells Kelly, like, you know, well, you know, maybe throw Daniel a few. Well, Kelly goes, hey, well, maybe throw Daniel a few more dollars and he'll let you stay longer. She's like, Issa's like, well, he's not charging me anything at all. So then Kelly naturally assumes she goes, oh, you concubine? Second? Okay. Just wake up and it's in your mouth. (laughs) Hilarious. And um, basically goes through a whole, a long list of like how Issa could be contributing. Like, is she buying groceries? Are you cleaning? Are you detailing the man's car? Are you putting gas in? You know, like just everything. Gas decency. Right. Like if you're going to stay for free, you're not just going to be up here chilling like you pay rent you know right you gonna contribute in in some labor and so she's he's just like no i'm not doing anything which is ridiculous <laughs> and how dare you have bad credit and not even like help around the crib like you gonna and not and have sex like you're not offering them coochie like All right that's why you that's why your neck hurt <laughs> On that leather couch. And then, so yeah, after that, she leaves. So this, and then someone just tweeted us, and I'm glad I checked it. Um, but she's taking a phone call. And she's like, yes, I'd like to um, apply for the property manager position. So someone says, I hope that for Bouch Bomentary, they mentioned that the significance of Issa applying for a property management position is so that she can get a rent-free apartment from the company, which is true. You work for rent. Because right, right. I've had, like, homegirls in college who would work at the office at the apartment complex and then be able to live for free. So that's a nice little finesse, you know? I mean, it's got to be better than mm-hmm. the current situation anyway. Yeah, it's actually, like, a very smart, you know, for for to her for her to know, like, I can't really afford rent for real, for real. She got a degree, you know, so administrative right. experience. This, yeah, this was a good, this was a good alternative. So, and, and maybe, maybe it'll help some of our, uh, our listeners who may be in, in similar situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next we go to see Daniel's kicking it uh, with who, who we assume is Vanessa. Yeah, you think yeah, it's Vanessa. Um, I I want to say it's his girl, but that ain't his girl. Which yeah, based on this interaction, I'm trying to figure out how the sister even knew about her to ask about her, but because clearly they ain't all that we thought they were. Official. You know what I'm saying? Cause she seemed nonchalant, like, yeah. uh, nigga, you still here? That's weird. Like, it's been three days. Like, niggas over. Right. Home. Not like, uh, ooh, I want my boyfriend around. I love that he's like, here. And focused, like, after- I guess she runs a social media or like a clothing company. That's what she's doing. Yeah. And she was more into that. And then he was like, yeah, I'm gonna crowd my home girl. He was like, well, she was like, well, you might want to crowd her because I'm not gonna be here tonight or whatever. And he kind of like out. nonchalantly invited her that night. Like, oh, I wanted to see Spider. She was like, oh, sounds ghetto. Or whatever, and then we learn that she's dumb and basic because she's yeah. like, "Oh, I love light skin, love Lonzo Ball, whatever." And I'm just like, "I love light skin, like, no, uh, no." What about Stephanie? I'm not sit up here and say light skin, love light skin, love because it doesn't involve. Would you say you love dark skin, uh, love? Not really. I, I, I don't really. That wouldn't be something to say because I don't really identify as okay. either. I like being right in the middle. Um, so. Oh, your trans shade. I'm not. I'm not trans. I'm 
in the middle. Like, nah. Um, yeah. my trans dark skin is that you trying to ask me? <laughs> hey, okay. So yeah, we learned she's a little dense, mm-hmm. and then um, Issa goes out to lunch with her coworkers, and I'm weird because, like. It's weird because they're in a restaurant, but everyone brought lunch. Yeah, so I don't. I, I almost felt like it was more like a seating, just a patio seating area, or maybe they just said, "F it, we gonna bring." But them. I remember Issa when she was live tweeting, she was like, "Oh, I love this spot, whatever, whatever." So I'm like, "Okay, this is an actual restaurant, but everyone had their lunch." Like, can you do that? <laughs> I've never like, hey, pull up the quiz nose and eat this <laughs> right. I'm like what? Yeah, so that was weird. But yeah, they're all talking about the situation, and then the gay dudes like, "Well, I'm the voice of the gays." Issa, you're the voice of the blacks, or whatever. And they were just kind of like, she was tired of being the voice of the colors. Yes, and I thought this was like a very good point for anybody who's ever been, you know, just like the only black person in a white space. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. I felt this. I felt this burden more so like in high school. You know, like during. Well, no, you you didn't have this experience. what? Of just being the only black. You were like, you were like blacks and Hispanics. Oh, my high school was niggers and blacks and colors. <laughs> okay. <laughs> niggers and uh, So, yeah. So, like, you know, in my case, like, you know, I just, it, it is a burden. And I don't, and, and not so much, like, my, I wasn't similar in, in the fact that, like, the white people weren't thrusting the mantle of the black people on me. It was just more so, like, I felt burdened and understood that when I'm in these white spaces, like, I am the representation of black people. And I have to articulate and I have to, you know, give my points um, in a certain manner so that they they respect my opinion and therefore in hopes that they, they see the humanity in other black people. At least that's how I felt. Um, but it is tiring because you're like, man, you know, sometimes I want to be simple. I want to be basic. You know, I want to get, you know, and like more going and, and, and that's like why I love and will always advocate for HBCU experience and that, you know, I feel like there's a less, pre- you know, there's less pressure in that sense. But I'm I'm rapping. Um, Issa and her coworkers going out to lunch. Issa has the saddest peanut butter and jelly sandwich I've ever seen. It's, it was quite awful. She didn't toast it. She didn't make sure all the, uh, the peanut butter was on the inside of the bread. It was just. Right. It was just, and mind you, I've been online, so I've seen some pitiful peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. And, and that wasn't it. That was good. Yeah. Actually, just real quick, a fire peanut butter and jelly sandwich is one on cinnamon raisin bread. You, you lost me at raisin, playboy. You don't like cinnamon raisin bread? You don't like raisins? Raisins are gross. Raisins are disgusting. I haven't had a raisin since at least 99. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what happened in 99? I was like, you know I'm what? I'm done with these raisins. I'm done with these little Right. the red box. the little girl in the box. Right. Yeah. If I see another raisin I'm in this house. Nothing. <laughs> Remember like the little pies? Not oatmeal pies, but the other ones. And they had like the raisins in them. I would sit, sit and take my time <laughs> and taking each and every raisin. Now, why, who made raisins? Raisins are disgusting. They're dry. You know grapes, right? Let's dry these grapes up, <laughs> shrivel them, and make people eat them. I was weird. I used to eat, uh, what's the raisin bran? Yeah, raisin bran crunch in high school oh, for breakfast. Are you 100 years old? That's my father bought it, and I was out of my... 
<laughs> my dad, he loves Sam's Club. I mean, most dads and parents like, do. Right. And he would go buy this big box of Raisin Bran Crunch and, like, get us the little box of our, like, sugary one. And then we'd be out. And so, like, one day I'm like, I got to eat this. And I, it, I put a little sugar in it. It was hidden. But Everything makes sense now. That's when uh, you lost your spirit. It died that day. <laughs> you know what's so funny is my girl she'll say uh she said i talk like a dad and so maybe that was it like when i seen baby geniuses i mean yeah years ago but you know how they crossed over you crossed yeah. over shortly after that bowl of cereal it had to and be you never were the same because i loved it i was like hey keep buying this that is sick. I still have a fresh box of Fruity Pebbles in the, in the pantry. I will never grow up out of like my childhood series. I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah, man. I bought some wheat. Uh, oh, oh no, frosted wheat. One time. If if the cereal ain't got a cartoon character on it, I don't want it. Period. Actually, I'm about to write that down. That's funny too. Like that's the only kind of cereal I'm not gonna let <laughs> life get me down till I'm eating cereal. To the point where I'm eating cereal with no cartoon character on it. I'm not doing it. Anyway. Right. I'm sorry. We getting up. We not. We totally off task. Okay. Uh, right. Her sandwich was gross. And. Oh. One thing I wanted to bring up. Um, what's, it, what's her. What's the Frida. the girl that got promoted Frida. name? Mm-hmm. Frida. Uh, I don't know. Just in these first two episodes. The way they've styled her. Really reminds me of Joanne from last season. Mm-hmm. I like her new haircut. In the her the new haircut, but even like the aesthetic, it's very similar to what Joanne wears and was wearing. So I'm curious if that's kind of how, if they're going to foreshadow, like maybe she becomes the next Joanne and then Issa moves up. I'm That was just something I wanted to point out just in case it comes up. You heard it here first. <laughs> Moving right along. Uh, Issa calls Daniel. Um, she's surprised he actually picks up. She's asking, like, hey, I just met with Kelly. Can I stay longer? He claims, I I was going to say his girl, but the lady he smashed while Issa was there. um, Vanessa isn't really cool with her being around. We we come to know that as a lie from the interaction we kind of saw early in her almost saying, hey, go hang with your homegirl because I'm about to be out tonight. And you know, just the fact that she wasn't there, you know, when 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 he he, he was talking to Issa, um, and Issa's like, oh, okay, you know, like, all right, you know, I'll figure it yeah, out. I whatever. Understand. Like, even he gives her even one more week. The, the episode finished, but I'm like, why even lie to that level? Like, I don't know if he's just still being petty, or he don't have his stuff together. Like, why do you think he lied about that? I think his feelings were genuinely hurt or like his feelings are somewhat hurt. Uh, you know, he, he feels away. No, by Issa, like the fact that like that she's there, but she's like, you know, I told, I know you've always been here for me. That's why I came here. So he didn't hurt out anyway. And he's, he's you know, it's like, scapegoat, basically, basically it's like you know he's hurt because he's conflicted in terms of feelings this is a girl that he's wanted and he's told and she's rejected him but now that she's in hurt and in need you know she's running to him and his pride is hurt 
I get. You know, so so he he's he's trying to to you know like get her out, and then at the same time, like think about it. Issa hasn't contributed anything to his life in the two weeks she she's been there <laughs> at all. You know, so so that's definitely you know part definitely contributing. Um, after that, Issa speaks to Joanne, you know, just about for the need for more employees of color, and you know, saying, "Hey, I know I'm not in the field right now, but if there's any way I can help, you know, let me know." Joanne, for a moment, kind of seems like she considers it, but then she kind of snaps out of it and was like, "Okay, I'll think about it." Still being stank, you know. And uh, so next we go back. So after this, we see Issa in a. I don't know what, how to describe her ensemble. You know, Issa it was all anything sometimes. But at the same time, I felt like those pieces were very hipster, like thrift, like yo, these it's are fifty, you know, pop culture. Right, these are very vintage, like so almost a waste to be cleaning in. Yeah, like people usually cleaning stuff that don't mind getting bleach on. I know at least I do. Right. You know, old cheerleading or track shirt from high school. Um but anyway, we digress again. Um Daniel comes in the house, he sees she's cleaning, he's like, Oh wow, you know, like he's kinda shocked. Um he he gets a text or whatever tells her, he's basically telling like yo I'm supposed to meet with my dude at the club and he's supposed to introduce me to this cat named this artist named Spider but he flaked but he just flaked on me and I I don't even know the artist Spider so I ain't really trying to chase that nigga down right. and Issa's like you know like no you should she encourages him she's like no you should go he's like well I don't want to go alone she's like look I've, you've always been there for me let me be there for you. You know, I'll go with you. And, you know, Issa really did her part this episode. She really did. And I'll give her that. She's like, he acting all proud. And then she did like the funny voice impression, which I really enjoyed. That made me laugh. Um, yeah, she did what she had to do. She did. She's like, let me let me oh. go with you. Blah, blah, blah. He was acting real. And I like that we're getting to see like, who is Daniel? You know? Because before I was just like, okay, we just see yeah. him at the club, we see his booty cheeks, we see the studio, we see him at the at the <laughs> career day. But we don't really get to see like him in his element, his natural habitat. So I love that. We're getting to right. see like this vulnerable side to him. Mm-hmm. Um So what happens? So the, so Issa and Daniel walk up to the club. Daniel claims he's on the list. And doesn't have to wait in the line. We find out he's not <laughs> hurt, embarrassed. Uh, as a as a avid club goer, Mel, have you ever had anything similar? Um, I'm trying to think. I don't want to say avid, but as an experienced club goer. Yeah, because I don't really go to club. I can't. When was the last time I went to the club? My birthday weekend, I think. But uh, oh, I'm lying. I went to the club two weeks ago. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm lying. <laughs> actually on a list like and I was able to if I'm not on a list like I'm a finesse and I know somebody who is or something like that but I haven't had a moment happen like maybe like on some undergrad like oh Jared can't put me on a list and then he like I may get there I'm not on the list I gotta call him like I never been on a list and then ran out of mm-hmm. options when I, when I wasn't on it like oh I'm calling somebody you know 
So I, that's never like, oh, right. you're not on the list. So womp, womp, womp. I'm like, well, get whoever the list maker is on the phone so we can figure this out. That's what <laughs> that's what we're going to do. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. Then uh, apparently an old friend from high school, uh, Khalil, walks up. I get. He spoke first, and Daniel was being really stank. Yeah, he was. He was trying to play it cool, and you know, in his kappa sweater. But I get it. I get it. The club is. I don't know. As a man, as a male, the club can very much be. You know, a uh, I'll say a penis swinging contest. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on who you are, you know, what you value or who you're with, uh, where, you know, it's about impressing women and like, maybe you're with a woman you really care about and you want to impress her. Um, but we find out later that there's some other reason, basically Khalil and Daniel high school friends, I guess Daniel helped teach Khalil how to produce and make beats. Khalil's now more successful in his career and producing for larger artists like YG. And he's able to get in these clubs and afford tables and bottles and all this. So anyway, after Daniel's, you know, playing it cool and stank, uh, thanks to Issa kind of just being very friendly and like being Issa. Um, Khalil says, nah, let me help y'all out. Get y'all in. Um, And he he was like, hey, man, you know, we got a table. I'm gonna go over there real quick. But come over so we can catch up and chat. I mean, he's you know the energy wasn't. Yeah, the the energy definitely wasn't the same from Khalil as it was from Daniel. Khalil was very much like, "Yo, King, yo, was good, my man." Like he was. I love that he called him King the entire time and called East the East, so that's like a thing. Even though, like, right? You know, kind of make my skin crawl. It bothers me. I don't know. It's not like it's my name, but I like East Eek. Like, I don't know. But yeah, I liked it. And then yeah. Daniel tried to flex. Like, oh no, we got our own bottle and tables. No, you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. You're right. Shut up. Break. Uh, okay. Okay. You know. Hey, don't worry about it. Um. Issa's. Uh, so so we're now there in the club, and we meet Spider, who's on stage performing. What's your first impressions of Spider? I thought it was Dustin from B Five. I definitely thought it was Dustin from B Five. And then I was like, "Oh, is that that? I think his name was Sean Fagan from Disney Channel." Dang. And what? You know who I thought he was for a minute, for like mm-hmm. two seconds. I thought he was the Asian guy from Atlanta. Asian guy from Atlanta. He was on that one episode, like trolling um, Paperboy and telling him how he was with. Um, dang. Bankroll PJ. Um, did I miss the episode? Season one or two? It was from the first season. Mm. Okay. Anyway, I thought no, he was Asian. He's like Disney Channel OG. Like, well, not second generation, like that Camp Rock generation. Disney. Yeah, I was about um, to say. So I was like, okay, typical mumble rapper. And then Daniel starts telling him, telling Issa, like, oh yeah, like what I want to do is like do more instrumentation or whatever to the stuff. And he starts like beatboxing in her ear. It was kind of sexy to me though. I, I, ain't gonna, I like my ear being whispered in. Especially in the club. How was know, it sexy? sexy? Or like whatever. You just like You don't think them teeth I mean, was like real like close and the, like he you bite your ear up? She got a family full of teeth I'm sure. She'll be fine. It's, it just reminded me like I've literally had a line brother one time freestyling in my ear. And I'm like, 
No, it was. So a now I see that I'm like. I'm just saying, like a sensual, like a. <laughs> in the ear, ooh, in the club, what? Oh my god, you so passionate, boy. You better stop. You better stop that bitch, Marquis, because he ain't a friend no more. Okay. Does it have to be? Does it? You gotta go with it, like his. Does it have to be on beat? Okay, okay. So you really gonna care? But I, I, I feel like, like as a man, like maybe women really won't care. Care. You but just gotta, gotta be, like, they'll be like, be a connection already. You can't be a stranger. Like, yeah, girl, let me like, boom, jet, jet, boom, jet. Like, no, bro. Like, don't, don't. Boom, cat, one, two, three. Don't come with But it's like y'all already like, like I don't have my ear whispered in in the section before, and I was just like, let me tell you something, playboy. Stop whispering in my ear. Whoo! I'm sorry, like, like a good whisper, like a good nasty whisper. He ain't even gotta be saying nasty, like it's Marley Claudia side. Boy, stop playing with me. Stop! Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, I'm sorry, that was a little hot. Maybe because Daniel fine. I don't know. I don't, maybe it was the sweater. Um, maybe it was the, the cap of sweater that did it. <laughs> that sweater was six hundred dollars. Oh, okay. So after they start rapping. She she offers to get them drinks, right? You wait, sir, wait, wait, wait. Did you did you Google the, his sweater? How much his sweater cost? No, because we were talking about it in one of my group meets. It's like a mixed group of friends, and then one of the cap was like, "Oh, y'all saw Daniel uh, sweater that was that was lit." And we was like, "That one there, bro. That, no, it wasn't." And they wanted to lift it up. <laughs> and that shit is supreme, and it's six hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah, six hundred dollars sweater. Um. So yeah, he was really about to go get that. But here's the thing, okay. If y'all would have, <laughs> if if y'all would have co-signed it, he would have bought that. But things started coming together, cause okay, so they go offer to he's the office to buy drinks, and he's like, oh, you know, you're okay, yeah, yeah, I definitely thought about you, right? Then she was like, um, don't don't decline your car, or don't get your car declined, whatever, and she managed to finesse some hood nigga at the bar who was super weird, kind of remind me like one of the Wayans's. Was he one of the Wayans's? He see, he looked familiar. I don't know where I knew him from, but <laughs> then. Two girls walk up to Daniel, like, oh, you be hanging out with Seven, right? And he was like, yeah. And they was like, you still sell weed? And I was like, see? I've been saying, because mm-hmm. I'm like, how does he afford that house, the $600 Kappa sweater? How does he afford his lifestyle on a SoundCloud producer's salary? Also hilarious, he brought up being a, a SoundCloud producer verbatim, like I said, this episode as well. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I definitely, when he said, when they asked him about the weed, I was like, dang, Mel called it. I did. I did. Mel called. And I feel like it's a little messed up just that he's the darkest man, that he was a dude slinging weed. I mean, it's weed. It's legal out there. So. I feel a way. Well, I guess so. Well, yeah, I like guess. In Cali, if weed is legal, are they still drug dealers? Like, can you still get arrested for dealing drugs? Yeah, that'd be like. Um. I'm sure that's another way they can find a way. So home. you're probably gonna you're probably gonna still have drug dealers because um with legal weed they tax it and they're gonna put like a sin tax on it. So it's always gonna be cheaper to get it hmm. untaxed. Yeah, got that untaxed weed. No Uncle Sam. Yeah. So um because they ch- they charging a I heard they charging a, a grip for um recreational. When we went to LA. I don't know. I just paid my part and just did what I had to do. Anyway. So, yeah, and and they kind of 
they kind of both glance at each other while they're talking to like when she was talking to the hood dude and then when he was talking to the two random like they both mm-hmm. glance at each other and kind of like feel like a little tinge of jealousy so we can kind of feel like a little sexual tension as the, the episode went on which was cute right well even even after he got done beatboxing in her ear there was a moment you know that was very intimate and they kind of looked into each other's eyes and, and Issa like broke it yeah yeah um so yeah so then fast forward to they're on the upper level of the club daniel still um visibly nervous and like doubting himself uh so Issa's like you know pushing him like come on let's go down there you know, like your stuff is great. Let's run. And he finishes a drink. They go down there. He finally gets up and he walks up to Spider. But Khalil is like talking to him. And then Issa like says, What's up to Khalil? And starts like running interference for Daniel to talk I, to Spider. I really enjoyed that because one, it, it, it plays to how good of a guy Khalil is because he's like really just got engaged. Because no one was like, Bitch, who you talking to? Bitch, we, we talking or something like that. So she kind of right. threw like the ad like, okay, I'm going to distract him while you go talk to what you call it. And then Buddy Spider even initiated the conversation with Daniel. So it was just great. And he kind of like appreciated that. That's, that's why I love this episode because it was like, look at you, Issa, holding your weight. I was proud. It was a great. And then mm. the conversation itself was funny. Like, oh, you got a sign for it? Really big before? He's like, yeah, it's the chicken. <laughs> like, you got right. <laughs> He said, what's his life you about? You got to watch it, like, tw- each episode twice with subtitles because you going to miss something. Like, should be so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, yeah, I just finished watching it with subtitles. And it was funnier this time around. Catch all the jokes. It's hilarious. Um, so, yeah, she runs the interference. And then they, um... They're having a good little talk. He was like, yeah, I heard a couple of your tracks. They were cool. Basically, they was all right, but, you know, they weren't horrible, which is fine. You know, yeah. people are allowed to grow. And he was like, yeah, that was six months ago. So, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm on the cello. Uh, but while while Daniel's talking to Spider, Khalil's like, yo, Spider, this is my man. It's like, he gives him props and, and, and Spider, and that helped get Spider more interested. Like, oh, like, you, you dudes with, yeah. You know, so once again, we see, like, Khalil's truly, like, a, a good-spirited dude. And he tells Daniel, like, yo, bro, why don't you come, you know, mess with us in the studio, play some for us. And he was, like, and, and Daniel, once again, trying to be dismissive, Khalil, all you know, just continue to extend the favor and want to show love um, to Daniel. Yeah, Khalil, I, I'm here with Khalil. I hope you see uh, Khalil. He's a great guy. Right. <laughs> this part. And so... um you know, Spider kind of disengages and he's looking around the club. And I don't know, this was very funny and like unexpected of insecure. And I, but I appreciated it. They're such assholes for this. So they basically, <laughs> he's looking up, he's like, oh, they're getting in over there. Then they start shooting. And like the Chris Brown vine, I don't know if y'all have seen that. Yeah. Or whatever. It was so funny. And then like his people like shield him. And then of course, you know, in true shootout fashion, everyone scatters and ducks. But if you notice that Daniel immediately went to cover and protect Issa. Yeah. Like a man. Yeah. Nah. Good stuff. Um, so so then they uh th- we see them out to eat um after the club, after the shooting, you know, they got out the club and and Issa had offered Daniel some chili cheese fries. He's like, dang, is this really what it's it's come to now 
and we really kind of get some more depth about Daniel and just, you know, like him as a person, um, kind of things we've seen, um, just on an observation level, he, he, he really confesses to, and he's just basically talking about how he feels like, you know, he, he's really going nowhere in his career, you know, like he feels, he's like, he's the one who taught Khalil everything he knew and like, wow, Daniel got good, you know, Khalil got famous. And feel and feeling like you know, like his career is not taking off like it should be um, at this point. And um, you know, it was like a very dope and real moment. Um, you know, it was here's this man who's struggling. He wants to be vulnerable with someone. Issa has done things throughout the night to kind of open him up and, and feel comfortable expressing that to to her. And we later see that he really values that. And then once again, just, you know, as a man, it was dope seeing, you know, man kind of expressing his feelings. Yeah. And, and, and It was good. And like, and then it seemed like if they had them. died that day, what they would have been remembered as. He was like SoundCloud producer and she was like homeless Uber driver or whatever. Homeless driver. Right. With 3.6 rating. Right. Um. So then Daniel says, tells Issa, like, you know, she's like, you know, I know she was like, why don't you work, reach out and, and work with Khalil? Like, why has it got to be a competition? And she was like, you know, I know how hard it is to to ask for help. You know, like me even asking you to stay longer. He was like, yo, Issa, about that stay longer stuff. Like, you good. I like having you around. Yeah, it, it, this episode also talks about basically like comparing lives with this whole. Well, it didn't have to delve really into social media for real, but just comparing your journey and then networking across, like Issa said in the interview. Like, y'all went to high school together. Like, network with him. You're trying to reach the spider and YG or whoever else, but you got somebody who you graduated with who you can network with and just, you know, protect and not being too proud to ask for help for collaboration and all of that. So, I love that lesson. That we got, you know, everybody ain't a SoundCloud rapper, or producer, or whatever, but in accounting or accounting or journalism or whatever your field is, like, don't be too afraid to reach out or too proud. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so moving forward, they get back to the house. Daniel's like, "Yo, I'm gonna make a call real quick." Why he had to make it in the center of the living room, I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. He calls Khalil. He's like, "Hey, you know, man, you know, can I play you some stuff? You know, come, you know, come through and play you some stuff." He was like, "Yeah, we we can assume." He said, "Yeah, you know." He was like, "All right, I'm gonna hit you tomorrow." And uh, so, you know, Daniel once again feeling excited. He notices that, uh, and, and you know, and feeling like kind of like a win. He notices Issa kind of wincing and like kind of cracking her back from you know clearly she's in pain from sleeping on the couch and he rubs her back and he tells her like hey you know like you can you can sleep in yeah, my bed if you come, want he come fake massage um, like heard that one before you can see my man i'm being here working then you go come in and start spooning you girl <laughs> run run sis <laughs> yeah i got some homework i'm gonna finish up i'm gonna stay up late and finish you go ahead 45 minutes later i'm gonna just you know i'm gonna lay over here Five minutes later, you feel a hard uh, male member on your back. Like, you know what? Go ahead, bro. Um, 
And so he, well, he steps over to his computer. Um, Issa kind of checks her voicemail. She gets, she has a voicemail back saying like the place she wants to be a property manager. She called about being a property manager at calling her back, say, Hey, we'd love to meet. So there's some, you know, hope for her there. Um, and then she, he's, she's smiling. She, and she gets up and she kind of walks over by Daniel as he is working on his music and they're kind of just grooving and vibing together. And, and then the episode ends. And I enjoyed it. People were complaining about it, like, oh, that's it. I'm like, this is a really good episode. We got, like, it was one of them necessary episodes. I don't think it was a filler. It was just like a really good context. And I think it'll make sense as the, as the season moves forward. Even though we only get eight 30 minutes episode, we ain't got episodes to waste. But I do, I did enjoy it. I mean, I would have loved to seen Daniel's booty cheeks one more good time. Good and chocolate round, supple booty cheeks. But I'm okay with like getting to know him. You know, I like the Uncle Daniel. We we know him as an Seen uncle, as a producer, as an ex nigga slash landlord slash nigga whose couch I'm staying on. We as classmate, as drug, drug dealer. dealer. We get so many sides of Daniel. Many we didn't get this many Lawrence. We got Couch Lawrence, in the guts Lawrence, Best Buy Lawrence, upon his whole Lawrence. Like I mean, no. so let's talk about actually. That. So yeah, I meant to bring I'm up glad the you, thing too. So one thing that I, I can't even credit this was this being my thought is like people are saying, "Yo," in the same way East is like doing all this and being supportive for Daniel. Had she had done this for her man Lawrence, she wouldn't be in this predicament. And I will say I don't know if that's true because. Daniel is he's he's already kind of in stride and she's kind of just being some extra wind from where we knew Lawrence he really needed to be picked up but I will say I think it's very interesting that with both Daniel and Lawrence their insecure has made a statement about at least men and more specifically black men and kind of support in their dreams and their efforts I feel like one, we don't know what where Issa was two years, you know, prior. After two years on the couch, you ain't wrote three lines of code for woo woo. I'm not gonna sit here like if if he really was actively cold in that, I'm sure she would have sat on that blue couch with him or whatever. No, the green couch at first, whatever, and made it happen. But after two years, ain't ain't but so many more encouraging words you can give. So I'm sure she probably was like that at first, and he wasn't really working towards that and wanted to be in his rut. And Daniel's actually, you know, he's hitting his little his little roadblocks and being discouraged, but he's actively working. He comes in there and gets on that guitar. He get on that laptop. He go in that studio with seven. He's doing, you know, he's actively working towards his goal. Lawrence was on the couch for two years. Okay. Lawrence had reached couch level. Now, if Dan was on couch level, maybe it's a different story, but he's actively going to the club or trying to go to the club and trying to get these connects or, or selling weed. You know, he's making initiative. Okay, Lawrence wasn't selling weed. Lawrence could have been selling weed. It's California. It's legal. Lawrence said, had to kind of get up and go about him, okay? <laughs> he did it. He could have been selling weed. It's not the same. Don't compare the two. Don't Which is it. why. No, I'm not saying you. I'm just saying niggas. Because niggas couldn't wait. No, no, no. Oh, it was just energy for Lawrence. No. Nigga was too young. Okay, to okay, yeah. But at the same time, like, we look at Lawrence and we see the encouragement I, to me this made me feel like i didn't look more so at 
I guess I did. I looked more so as Issa in relation to Daniel as a Tasha. Dang, easily impressed. Right. Here's Daniel. Here's Daniel. He's got a woman. She's ignoring his dreams. She's not really caring about anything, you know, about him and kind of doing her own thing. And here's this other woman unexpectedly providing encouraging words, uh, you know, helping. And, you know, that causes Daniel to, you know, say she could stay longer. She could sleep in his bed now, you know. You know, it's like, you know, Lawrence, you know, that's what Tasha encouraged Lawrence to the point he got up and went to Best Buy. You got a good job. You ain't got no kids. You doing right. good. I'm like, Tasha, all the, you work at a bank. I can only imagine the niggas whose checks you cash in. You impressed by the unemployment check nigga with it. Degree. Well, Sis. well, nah. I mean, you got to think. She, she works at a credit union. You know, anybody like, and not saying people who go to credit unions don't have big checks, but more big check energy is definitely at a national branch. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you have that. <laughs> but like, I'm still sure that there was someone else with more money that was being cashed. And a degree and no kids. I, like, Lawrence just wasn't just the catch ball catches. No. But then again, like, you know, you never know where. So think about where Tasha may have came from with her pool of niggas. Four kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe a trade. Maybe sell drugs. You know what I'm saying? So Lawrence looking like Jay-Z. Yeah. And then for Issa, you know, Lawrence is looking like, I don't know, Orlando Brown. And then at least, <laughs> at least Daniel looking like a more of a. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to think of somebody like decent, like a Trey Songs. I guess I don't know. I'm just saying, he looking like a little bit something. He's at least like doing something. So it's kind of like more. She's more inclined to support and kind of be here for it. Right, right, right. Well, I guess the thing is, the support wasn't that. The amount of support both women had to give wasn't that massive because of like they were you know how like they're like distantly connected you know like Issa was Lawrence's girl she would have really had to like mustered up some strength to pick him up out of that depression you know I've I've I've, I've dated someone who was going through a depressive episode it can become exhausting for the partner you know, so like Issa would have really had to give him support. But because, you know, Tasha was kind of just someone so distant from him, you know, just her encouraging words, I guess, were enough. In the same way with Issa, it was like with Daniel, it was like, yo, just, hey, you know, here's some words. Like, all right, let's, I'll go to the club with you. You know, that helped helped him just get more comfortable and get further. And it, I'm sure there was plenty of conferences and, and, and lunch and learns that Lawrence could have went to that Issa could have tagged along too. But he wanted to sit there and be musty and eat Captain Crunch with no berries in it. So I don't have nothing for him. I'm sorry. I'm so anti-Lawrence. I, you know, I hate that. Yeah, this. like, I, it, I ain't even, like... I wasn't always... It, it wouldn't even... <laughs> he doing better now. You know, he out there living, living his best life. I hope he's doing well. I do. I know he out there with a credit score higher than four twenty five. Are you sure? Cause he's driving an old Jaguar, so he probably probably got it from his dad. No payment. 
Um. Well, he got a, he got approved for an I apartment. He dead. did get approved for an apartment. So maybe. Yeah. But I mean, how you gonna f up your credit when you got no assets for real? Because I'm sure the the apartment's probably in Issa name. Nah, it, just cash nah, her and nah, her it had. Uh, nah, it definitely both of their names was on it. Just because he was getting mail, don't mean his name was on it. All right. Pretty sure it was. But yeah, I think the the Lawrence comparison was a reach because the timelines, mind you, it's been two weeks. <laughs> it's been two, weeks. and then that's something they've connected on previously too, just dated back to high school and the freestyles and all of that. So that's something that Issa is also interested in as well. Mm. So that that's also that connection right. she kind of like knows a little something about it you know they was talking about fruity loops and all of that like they get it so yeah um good episode i enjoyed it i will say both episodes this season i've been like this is slow you know i miss having more characters involved um they're more entertaining on the second watch um i typically give power like I know it's some like and not every episode with power is gonna be bang bang shoot shoot drugs kill. And I know that they have some plot developing episodes. With Insecure Insecure was pre- always pretty like good pace to me. But I feel like I, I have to we have to allow Insecure these kind of plot thickening episodes before everything can kind of take off. So yeah. Honestly, and was thinking like as I watched back like the previous seasons, I'm like, ain't really nothing happening for real, for real. Like season two, nothing really happened. Season one, she cheated. That was like boom. Season two mm-hmm. was like really just the resolution from season one. It yeah. Really wasn't no I real, mean, like the two biggest things was the fight, and then that talk. You know, finally the them last talking. two episodes, like those are the real like events it wasn't no major events happening in season two so who knows what's good i mean Issa caught an eyeful oh, yeah, that was pretty crazy that was crazy you know it was like some entertaining thing like a plot that didn't drive no right a lot like her cheating did. i feel like the the whole five, i want to say yeah happened episode five. i f- i feel like the whole tasha calling lawrence a fuckboy though i felt like that that ignited the timeline you know, it's like kind of moments like that make things seem bigger than they are. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, but that still didn't affect, like, again, nothing had the big of an impact as the cheating, which was the main focus. Uh, I mean, that, that shaped the whole show. Right. There was no real show yeah. shaping. Other I mean, yeah, like that the is breakup or whatever. And I guess, well, I guess Molly had yeah. a more of a powerful storyline with the drug thing. That was pretty crazy. That was pretty wild. Yeah. So happy to see that goes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we can wrap this up then. I guess I, I I really enjoyed this episode though. I may go watch it when I go upstairs. So. <laughs> um. All right, guys, thanks once again for tuning in. Make sure to live tweet, answer those questions, uh, or just, you know, just DM us and, you know, if, or if certain aspects of the show you want us to talk about or cover, uh, don't be afraid to hit us up. If you agree, if you don't agree, if you want to cut us out, do whatever you do, but just use the hashtag, <laughs> period. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, y'all. Be blessed. Bye.